Father, I want to thank you that we get to be together this morning as a family, that we get to love you together, that we get to celebrate the work of your kingdom, um, and we get to look for the activity of your Holy Spirit in this place. We thank you for the story that you're writing, for the things that you're doing in our community and through our community. And we pray, Lord, that you would continue to stir, uh, stir a real desire inside of us to know you more, to press into your word more, um, to find uh, creative, innovative uh, ways of loving the world around us and, uh, and just grow in who we are in you, Lord. So would your spirit come? Would you move in this place? Um, and would you continue to draw us together in your love? Amen. So I've spent all of this week at a camp down in Rotorua. Um, I was asked about six months ago if I would go be the guest speaker uh, for, for the Inspire Youth Camp. Inspire is a church in Albany. If you've been around Vineyard a while, you would know that we've hired their venue in Albany for our national conferences before. So we've, we've maintained a really nice relationship with them over the years. And sort of once a year, I always get asked to go speak to the youth group. And I'm always a little bit worried because as you guys might know, I have a little bit of a tendency to geek out sometimes. So when you're talking to like 15 and 16 year olds, in my mind, they're mostly like in, incredibly disinterested in what I'm saying. So um, <clears throat> anyway, so I, I was a little bit surprised to be asked and I was, I was very flattered. And so I said yes about six months ago. Um, and to be honest, uh, over this last week, despite the fact that I was codruled up to the girls, despite the fact that every single time I preached the message, I thought for sure I was going to lose my, my voice the next day. Um, it was an incredibly painful time. Um, it was actually a fantastic week, you know, seeing young people who were genuinely hungry and longing for the presence of God in their lives. It was honestly incredible. I was, I was completely blown away. Um, and, and what was crazy to me is that despite the fact that there were a whole bunch of activities that were available at the camp, I don't know if any of you have been to Lakes Ranch in Rotorua, but it's like this, they've got two incredible lakes. You can go kayaking, stand up paddle boarding, um, there's mud runs, all kinds of things that teenagers love. Despite that, these young people, the thing that they were most keen for was to get into the, the service times. And, uh, and they, they were really keen to learn. They all had their notebooks out. And I was just um, totally captivated by it. And what I found myself doing um, on the very last day of the camp was, was standing before them during my, my final message. And I, I, I just said to them, I was like, guys, thank you. Because, you know, six months ago, I was asked to, to come here. And, and my, only, uh, my only job was to, to preach the good news. And what I felt like was that through the week, they had actually been good news to me. And so the funny thing about being um, a guest speaker at a camp is you have, you have a fair bit of time, especially if you're sick and you can't quite participate in all the activities, but you have a little bit of time to just sit and reflect. And I found myself just sort of um, observing what was going on around me. And, I, and at first it felt like God was sort of, sort of sharing some things for me personally. Um, and then it, be, just, it just sort of began to feel like some truths that he, that he wanted to not just shape in my life, but, but that I felt would be like really valuable things for our community as well. And so here are the truths. Here are lessons in faith from a summer youth camp that, uh, in 2018. Um, so the first thing is this. Here's what I was incredibly blown away by, is this idea of time. This thing never works for me. The idea of time. Um, you see, to these young people at this camp, this was the most valuable way they could be spending their time during the summer. There was, there was just such an energy. And, and to be honest, I'm, I'm a little bit ashamed to admit it, but when I was driving down on Monday, I was just not in the mood for this camp at all. 
Despite being asked six months ago, and I was like, I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. There's just been a whole bunch of stuff that's kind of happened. There's, a, a, and I've, I just really wanted to be here back in Auckland. It's like we had things going on at church. I was really keen to sit down and start brainstorming for, you know, for what's happening February onwards. So I'm looking forward to the things that God's doing here. I'm starting a new role um, tomorrow, so I wanted to start getting myself ready for that. And so all of a sudden, this camp, this thing became uh, such an inconvenience to me, right? Man, what a shame. And so um, by the time I got there, this was like the very first lesson I learned on my summer youth camp is that, is that this was a valuable way to spend my time. These kids, they didn't want to be doing anything else. I looked on their Instagram page, the Inspire Youth Instagram page, and for like the last six weeks, it was like a countdown going on. It was like DG down to Christmas, right? Like these kids were super pumped for their youth camp, and I was totally blown away by that. Camp was the best way that they could be spending their time. You see, time is the most valuable currency we have, and how we spend our time really matters. The attitude we take into spending our time really matters. And I think that uh, when it comes to spending our time on things, the way we, uh, when we choose to give our time to something, it's actually quite important that we do it with, with, uh, with passion, energy, and enthusiasm. And that was just like oozing out of the pores of these like 15, 16, 17-year-old kids. All they wanted was to like spend their time investing in one another and investing in their relationship with God. And so to me, I felt like, I just felt this, this little, this little uh, twinge of shame. It's like, man, I've, I've just been getting so caught up in what's just kind of going on in my life back home. And this thing that I've said yes to, I'm just not even going it into the right headspace. And so suddenly, I very quickly, I had this shift where it's like, actually, this feels like the good thing, the right thing for me to be investing into. You know, I think when we look at the Scriptures and the story through the scripture, stories through the Scriptures, as followers of Christ, we're actually invited to invest our time in a way that is meaningful, in a way that is powerful, and, and actually bring our best before God. Um, here's a, just a couple of Scriptures to bring to your attention. Ecclesiastes 9.10, Whatever you, your hand finds to do, do it with your might, for there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you are going. There's this sense here in, um, in Solomon's wisdom literature that it's like this is the the life you've been given. This is the time which you have been assigned. The way in which you choose to spend it really matters. So why do something only halfway? Why do something with a sense of laziness or a sense of obligation? It's like, no, there's a sense of like, actually, this is the opportunity we've got. There's no better time than now. Let's press into it with might, with enthusiasm, with passion, with energy, Let's bring our best to the table. Colossians 3, 23 says this, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. So it's not just a sense of like, oh man, I have to go to work again today. Ugh. You know, it's like, whatever you do, it's like, this is an opportunity to live to the glory of God. That actually I live in step with the living creator, with the sovereign God, with my friend Jesus. I, this is what I live with. And every opportunity I have, everything I get to do is a, is a means of living out his agenda of love in some way, shape, or form. It's like I think when that becomes our lens, when that perspective begins to occupy our hearts, something changes in us, and something changes in, in, in the world around us, right? Man, our time, what we do with our time, this is the, only, this is the currency we have, how we choose to spend it, and the, and the way we approach those things really matters. 
So the time that we give to our relationship with God really matters. The time that we give to our marriages uh, really matters. To our friendships really matters. It matters the way we give our time to our vocation or our occupation. Um, The way we give our time to our rhythm of church life, right? How How many times does it feel like showing up at church is like, oh man, I've really got to get that gardening thing done, you know? I was really wanting to pop into Bunnings this morning or something, you know? I've been there, right? This is, a, we're, this is a space of honesty sometimes, right? It's like we've all been there before. But what if we saw it as we were spending our time on this incredibly valuable thing, that participating in this church life together, getting to do this thing? Oh, man, well, what if that was something we did to the glory of God? What if we found passion, enthusiasm, and energy when we come and we sit in our chairs and we stand up and we worship and we pray together and we eat together and then we go and we do lunch together or whatever. And the perspective of how we spend our time really matters. And I think it matters as well. And, and here's the thing that, that was quite important for me is that it matters the way we, like, it matters when we say yes to things, how we spend our time. I think it's pretty easy, to be honest, in our word to, to just keep saying yes to a bunch of things and then we just load more and more on our plate and then we just kind of half do that thing, right? And it becomes this burden. Oh, I said I was going to do this. I bet, you know. Oh, man. What if we were a little bit more intentional about what we said yes to? And when we said yes to it, it was like, man, I'm said yes to this because I believe, like, this is the thing I'm meant to do. I believe I, I bring you something meaningful. Evidently, the people who have asked me to do this thing think that I bring something meaningful to the table. And so I owe it to myself. I owe it to the people I'm serving. And I owe it to God to do it in a manner that brings glory to Him. Romans 12, 11 says this, Do not be slothful in zeal, but fervent in the Spirit. Serve the Lord. So when we say yes, we want to do it with zeal. We want to put our hands to thing and work heartily and mightily. This is how we want to spend our time. And what a powerful reminder it was seeing that in 15 and 16-year-olds who would just run around this camp all day and all they would talk about with one another was like the next service or what they had just heard about. And their, their hunger and their longing was to, was to see God in the mix. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. This is what we're called to. So I think that there's a a real encouragement uh, and an invitation this morning to see our time as being the most valuable currency we have. Um, For me, I think this looks a little bit like this. It looks like being uh, a lot more present to the things that I'm doing. I have a tendency to like, like drift off and think, you know, not just one or two steps ahead, but sometimes 10, 15, 30 steps ahead of myself. So there's an invitation to work at being a little bit more present and a little bit more intentional and actually for myself to be a little bit more careful about what it is I say yes to and how I say those things. Because actually, when we're not careful with our time, right? It can actually work out, it can actually end up being a little bit hurtful, right? Who's like missed an appointment before, you know? Or who's had someone miss an appointment that they're, you know, you're expecting someone to show up and you're sitting there waiting. Have you ever been in a cafe and had someone not show up? It's, you feel exposed. Like no one else in the cafe is aware that, that you're lonely, but actually you, you <laughs> right? You really feel it in that space, 
So it's so important to be careful with how we spend our time to make sure that when we say something, it's like we actually commit to that with a sense of intentionality. And so that's, that's for me. But I certainly don't sit here and say, actually, no, this for you, when it comes to time, the invitation this morning is to be present, intentional, and careful, because I think that those are the things for me. They might be for you. But I think that there's an invitation for us as a community to think about that this morning. Um, maybe it looks like something... Uh, maybe it looks like more deciding what it is exactly you say yes to. So what have I been saying yes to or what, or what do I know I should be saying yes to but I've, I've been kind of avoiding a little bit? Maybe that's what it's about for you uh, this morning. Maybe it's about adopting some new rhythms. Oh, actually, I want to I wanna be a little bit more intentional about, about doing the church thing on a Sunday. I know I've been pretty good at showing up once every four weeks. What if, it were, if I was a little bit better at only missing once every four weeks or something like that, you know, and find some value in it. But, but how would you feel uh, or what do you feel it is that God's inviting you to spend your time on, to find value in, uh, in how you spend your time? Uh, maybe it's simply about just choosing a new perspective for you in your workplace or in the things you do during the week or in the way you're spending time with friends or whatever to just, to just say, actually, I've been thinking about this in a really unhealthy way. To see, to see what it is you're doing and the things you get to put your hands to as being a privilege rather than just this burden, right? I think we've all been susceptible to those sorts of thoughts before. But I wouldn't go so far as to suggest that you have to choose from one of those things. But as you think about time being a valuable currency in your life, what is it that you feel God is inviting you to do with it? How are you being invited to spend your time and how do you want to grow in that area? I think there's been something incredibly powerful for me as I hang out as I hung out with young people this week. And I wonder if there's something in that for each of us this morning as well. So that's the first thing, time. Second thing, space. You're with me, eh? Yeah, look at that. Space. You know, these kids at the camp were absolutely intent on making spaces and facilitating space that demonstrated an expectancy that God encounters would take place. Man, I've got to tell you, this camp... Uh, if I'm honest, I, I quite like nice uh, stuff. I'm not a big, like, camper per se, right? And since being married to Georgia, I've only developed more of an accustomed taste to such things. And so um, they were really lovely. They had set up this house that uh, me and the other guest speakers were staying in. And it was, I walked into my room, and they had a little basket full of goodies, which I love goodies, right? It was, it was really nice, and it was... I was just tempted all week, um, and I only dove into it sometimes. Um, <clears throat> anyway, but I walked in, and I was like, this is awesome. They've, they'd set up some little towels for me, and they'd written to me a really lovely note. And I was like, well, I've just been driving. I need to get changed. So I went to close the curtain, right, close the curtain, and there was a giant spider on the curtain, <laughs> which, like, <laughs> I had to deal with, and, like, I'd I, I thought to myself, I was like, I had a little St. Francis moment. This is a bit of a sidetrack, but I gotta say, right? I had a little St. Francis moment where I was like, all creatures are God's creatures. So, so I, I went to the kitchen and I got a saucepan. And I, in my mind, I was like, I'm gonna catch it in the saucepan and then I'm gonna release it outside into this beautiful natural environment, right? Anyway, so I went up to the curtain and I, I like sort of put the sauce. I didn't really know how I was going to do it, but I put the saucepan up against the curtain. And as I did that, the spider jumped. So I freaked out. It landed on the floor. St. Francis went out the window. And I was just like, bang, bang, right? Dead spider. 
no longer one of God's creatures. <laughs> Preach. Amen. Right. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> sorry, that was a real, real deviation. All of that to, all of that to say, like, it was, it was this camp that was sort of, you know, uh, subject to the forces of nature, uh, and it was a little bit old and a little bit run down. But what these kids had done was that they had, they had obviously shown up a couple of days before. Their leadership team, which was mostly like 17-year-olds, they had showed up and they had worked to make that space feel, feel like something holy. You know, uh, so in the little, this little old chapel that was super run down, they had set up um, all this sort of like this beautiful little backdrop with lights, you know, similar, similar to when you walk into here, right? You know, like we've tried to be really intentional with what this space is and what it creates, um, that, that there are things that prompt thought. There are things that uh, help us to look for the movement of God. There are things that tell a story about who we are and where God has taken us. And what I loved was that everything about this camp was about where God had taken their youth group over the last 10 years because it was their 10th, 10th anniversary of their camp. And, uh, they were, and there was the sense of we're looking for what he's doing next. And so even though it was this little sort of old rundown youth camp, there was this intentionality about creating space for the movement of God. There was an expectancy of encounter right from the very beginning. And, um, and I just so love that. I've long had this thing for space. I, I, I really like it, but it, it really just served as a powerful reminder. You see, the space we create determines our, our ability, really, to recognize the movement of God. And so it's not just a physical space, but it's also the space we create in our own lives. Um, <clears throat> Matthew 6, 6 uh, in the message says this, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. And the focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. Isn't that a wonderful way of like, of articulating that, that uh, scripture. Really, a really beautiful sense of just making ourselves available before God in order that we could be aware of Him and look for His movement and His activity. You know, I've had, uh, I've had the wonderful privilege of being able to travel uh, around the world a little bit and see some of the spaces that have been made. If you've gone anywhere through Europe and you've seen these beautiful cathedrals, all through um, our history as a church, uh, it seemed important to us to create things for our senses that help us uh, get into the story of God and to find ourselves in the story of God. And so the stained glass windows and the statues and everything that you see are, are these uh, are built in order to help us access and move towards God and identify God. So I love that when I see that in cathedrals. But as I said, it's not just, um, it's not just like the physical spaces that are created. It's also um, what happens when we, when we participate in rituals, something like communion. When we take communion, we create a space in which we can enter into God's story again, where we can connect with the work of the cross and the reconciliation of God for, all, uh, for humanity. Um, <clears throat> when, we, uh, when we engage in certain prayer practices, whether it's sort of in line with sort of traditional stuff, uh, sort of old Celtic liturgies, or whether it's just in our own time, you know, choosing to pray every day, you know, practicing uh, with our husbands or our wives or, or whatever, or whether it's just in your own time, um, just retreating and actually just being still, that sense of being completely quiet and just saying, God, here I am. You're creating space. Um, whether it's um, reading the Scriptures and just meditating on them, letting the, letting the Scriptures just mull over in your mind, you're creating space in your life to be able to identify the movement of God. 
Psalm, 1 verses, uh, Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 to 3 says this, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, is prospers. Uh, in whatever he does, he prospers. There's something that's been all, through, all throughout human history that when we take the time to reflect and meditate on that, on that which God has given us, the Word, when we do that, it's like the, it anchors us a little bit in the rhythm of our life, right? That's, it seems like that has always been true, whether it's, a, whether it's King David or whether it was Jesus uh, or whether it was the disciples or the apostles or anyone through all the church history or whether it was you. When you, it seems that when we meditate on the Word of the Lord, it creates a space that helps us identify the movement of His Spirit. <coughs> still, still bouncing back, guys. So thanks for bearing with me. Um, <clears throat> so for God to move, or not for God to move so much, as for us to best be able to recognize that movement, we have to be able to make that space available. We've got to be able to declutter the noise in our lives. And we live in like a noisy world. Right? And we're invited not just to listen to all the noise, but to actively participate in it and contribute to it. Right? We're all invited to share our opinions on Facebook. We're all invited to read everyone else's opinions. And then we're all invited to engage with that and tell them how their opinions are wrong and ours is right. You know? And it's just noise. Every single one of us, millions and millions and millions of signals being broadcasted. And every single time you pick up your phone and you scroll through that, or you scroll through your, your, your New Zealand Herald app or whatever, it's like we're just continuing to expose ourselves to noise. And obviously that's just like the world we live in. But we've got to look to declutter the noise where possible in order to create space. So for me, this whole thing of space and this thing that I picked up from these kids is that far too often... I am content with the, movement, with the movement of God happening in the nanospaces in my life, you know? I almost like prided myself on my ability to be like, to almost like trust my, my gut instinct of God. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's just, I'd be okay being so busy. And it's like, well, I have this like deep sense that, yeah, this is God and that's good. And to be honest, I think that that's fine. But if I'm more intentional about creating space, I'm open all the more to the movement of God. And so for me, there is an invitation to take out some of the distractions, to just to put my device down a little bit every once in a while and to just be before God. Or to not just do my, my Bible reading or my, my, you know, my, my chapter a day off, whatever book, to not just do those things, but to, but to meditate on it. To create that space and give God the opportunity to move in a more significant manner. That's my invitation. But what about for you this morning? Because it may be about being more intentional in this space on a Sunday. It may be, um, it may be about find, creating a space in a private prayer practice. Maybe that's something you haven't done in a while. Um, it may be about getting into the spaces where you feel God's nearness. Maybe you know that you feel God in nature. Maybe you love to surf and you just haven't surfed enough. Maybe that's something you need to spend your time on if that's a place where you feel God's closeness or going for a walk in the bush or going in and, and, and showing up, a, finding some other space where you can just sit and be before God, maybe that is an important thing to do. Maybe it's a case of slowing down your reading and choosing words, verses, or chapters to meditate on throughout the week. 
I can't stand up here up the front and tell you what it is that you're invited toward, but I can say, hey, I think the invitation of God is here for you to uh, discover and create new space in your life in this season in order that you might be more open to, to sensing and knowing and responding to his movement. You with me? Right on. Finally, the last thing I learned from these kids at this youth camp is that God is up to something new. God is up to something new. These kids, man, they were so hungry and expectant and ready for this new season. Like I said before, they've just celebrated like 10 years of their camp, um, but they've just, they've just sort of um, appointed a new, new youth pastor at the church. And everything that was sort of going on in the camp was like this leadership team trying to, you know, they were praying together outside of the services, trying to figure out what God wanted to do for the year. Um, they, were, they were talking with all of their kids about what they wanted things to look like. These kids were all sort of writing names down or friends at school that they were like, you know, I want to see this guy come to the Lord and I want to see my friend come to the Lord here. And, you know, they were like, we really want to invite them and, and invite them to be a part of stuff. And I was like, man, this is so cool. Here's a bunch of young people, super expectant for the fact that God is doing something new, ready for that. You know, God is always making all things new. I love Isaiah 43, 19. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God is always breathing life on our lives. And yeah, this Isaiah scripture is this prophetic pointing towards Jesus, but I think it rings true of God's character. And it certainly falls in line with our, with our theology of the kingdom of God. In a, in a vineyard church, if you're not familiar with it, we often talk about this idea of, of the now and the not yet, that, that God's kingdom is breaking through, that the, that the signs and wonders are available to us, but also that the, uh, the kingdom of God is not yet. And so we live between this tension. But this tension also means that we are, we are healed but we are being healed, that we are redeemed, but we are being redeemed, that we are transformed and we are being transformed. There's not this like static reality that we've just received Christ and now that's it, right? There is this invitation towards growth and discovery. And it's like every single time we continue to invest in that, to seek it, to press into it, it's like we grow into and we discover something more of ourselves and also more about the character of God. So God is in the business of making all things new. He's in the business of making us new, and He has made us new, and He is continuing to make us new. And I think it's uh, critical for us to be the kind of people who are looking for what that is, because sometimes the something new is not the thing that you were expecting or wanting, but more often than not, the something new is the thing that is good and brings life in a way that you never thought possible. And it's so possible to miss that when we're not looking for it and when we're not ready for it. And so for me, this looks like a whole bunch of new challenges. Tomorrow I mentioned I start, I'm starting a new role. I'm going to be working um, part, part of the week still here at church, loving it, so stoked for what God's doing. But also starting tomorrow, um, I'm going to be working with Parachute Music, developing um, a, a chaplaincy program and an emotional and spiritual support network for musicians. Um, something that doesn't exist at all in the New Zealand music industry. Um, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm terrified. Um, but I'm, I'm nervous and terrified because it feels like the Spirit of God is in the mix and that He's doing something new. He's bringing something new to an industry that desperately needs it. And, um, and I, get to, I get to partner with the Holy Spirit in that. 
Like that's my sense and that's my thing. So for me, there's this, this uh, sense of stepping into something new um, with anticipation and enthusiasm and passion. Um, it looks like uh, a new invitation for me to grow in the areas of weakness. I think God is doing something new, and I'm very careful about how I say this, but I think he's doing something new in me in the area of organization. George is going to hold that over my head for sure. But um, I'm committed to, to, to growing in how I use the calendar this year. You know, I feel, <laughs> don't laugh at me, guys. Come on. <laughs> it's a novel idea, Vic says. And I said grow. Note, right, it doesn't say that I'll become perfect at it, Right? but it's an area of growth. It's an invitation for me to grow in areas of weakness. It looks like an opportunity to step into some of the things that God actually, for me, has been stirring for a really long time. And for me, it looks like as a leader in this church to, to call our people forward into, into, a new, into a new place of hunger and desire, you know, to call some of our, to call some of our young people forward to, to step up into some areas that, that they know that they should have been in for a long time. But man, I want to, I want to do those things. I want, to, I want to step forward in those things because I believe God is doing something new in our midst. And so for you, for you personally, like I can't answer. I can't tell you what the something new is. But I think I can stand up here with confidence and say that God is looking to do something new in your life this season. It doesn't matter that it's 2018. I don't, this is, I'm not talking about New Year's resolutions. But for some reason, there's some, something about January that often people, you know, they come back from work, you know, kids are, you know, kids are starting school for the first time or going back into a new season in school. But, but for a lot of us, it's like, it feels like there's something new. Maybe you're going into a new promotion at work um, or a new role entirely or something like that. But it seems like there's something new. And I think that there's a seasonal element to what's going on. And God's bringing us all as a community into something new. But, but each of us personally, he's looking to do something new in as well. So I can't really speak to what that something new is for you, but I, can, but I can ask you this. Are you ready for it? Are you looking for it? Are you longing for it? Are you, are you hungry for it? Are you willing to like chase expectancy? Are you willing to create the space and to spend your time investing in the thing that God's doing? Are you willing to look for it? Because I think if we are, I think you'll begin to see something new break forward in your life. And if you're struggling to identify that, if you feel like, if you feel like there's not a sense of something new, if you actually feel like that's, oh, that's, you know, that's, that's something for young people, right? You know, uh, you know, I'm okay with the static thing. I think that there's an invitation this morning from God to say, hey, do you want to get back to, do you want to get back to that space? Because if you're here, there's breath in your lungs and there's a beat in your chest, then there's something new that the, God, that the Lord's doing. You know? There's something new that he's looking to do. He's looking to see you grow in him, discover more of him, fall more in love with the ways of his kingdom, fall more in love with the world around you, find, uh, find meaning and purpose in the things that you put your hand to. You know, we don't just spend our time and do our jobs and stuff just because it's like, it's a good thing to do. It's like, man, these are things that I think we're actually invited to fall in love with and be captivated by as we discover God in the midst of it. 
So what are you being called to? What's the something new that you're being asked to discover and move towards? What is God inviting you towards in this new season?